0: Welcome to the Money Marketing and Mission Show, where we are breaking all the rules when it comes to making money online. I'm your host, Mia Francis Poulin, owner and copywriter-in-chief at The Copy House, a boutique copywriting agency for mission-focused businesses who want to market their business authentically, ethically, and profitably. The Money Marketing and Mission Show is here to help amplify the voices of business owners who are out here doing big things. Those who are breaking barriers for marginalized communities, redefining time freedom, and generally getting in good trouble to make our society a better place and making money while they do so. So if you're up for an awesome conversation, deep talk, and a good time talking about money, how we do business, and how we do good, then settle in for a listen. Hello, beautiful people and listeners of the Money Marketing and Mission show. I am so incredibly excited to share um, an interview with someone who I, I met not too long ago and was just so overwhelmed and so excited to learn more about what she did because it is about as far from my brain and how my brain works as is possible to conceive. (laughs) So I want to introduce you to Jen DC. Jen is the founder and CEO of Geek Girl Tech, a cybersecurity company and public benefit slash B Corps dedicated to democratizing security and changing the face of tech by empowering and advancing underrepresented people's careers in the field. Her vision is to create a welcoming workplace with a meaningful mission to economically empower others. She believes business can be part of the solution to the diversity, equity, and inclusion problem in the tech industry. Again, I, whenever I talk with Jen, part of me is just like, oh man, there's so much I need to get together. But also she has this way of making it, it understandable for me and digestible to me on all the things that I need to do within my business to help make sure that not only is my business secure, but that the people who entrust me with their assets and entrust me with their 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 data and their information that they are taking care of as well, because that is also my responsibility as a business owner is to take care of my people and the information that they bestow upon me. And so this was a really, really great conversation and I am excited for you to listen to it. So without further ado, Here's the interview. Jen, welcome to the Money Marketing and show. I'm so excited to be chatting with you and talking about your business and all the really cool things that you do within your business and how you've structured your business, not just from like a, a marketing and business positioning standpoint, but also just like structurally what, you, what you've done being a B Corps and, and things like that. So let's talk about Geek Girl Tech and what you're doing in the world. So My first question is, how do you support your people?
1: Do you mean financially or like, or moral support?
0: (laughs) I love that question. Um, I'm thinking more so, um, well, I mean, well, let's talk about both. Actually, that's kind of an intriguing question. (laughs) Like, how do you make money in your business?
1: So we generate revenue by providing a variety of security, cybersecurity services to small businesses. So we work with businesses that are anywhere from two all the way up to a hundred or so. And um, and then sometimes a little bit, it could be larger than a hundred. It just depends on what the business needs. Um, but typically those that's about the average um, size that we're working with. Um, and we have two primary services. One is um, like an outsourced fractional IT security team where we also provide um, IT support. And then another is we also do um, security awareness training just for, you know, security awareness training for businesses. Um, those are the two primary ways. Um, we also do audits and assessments. Um, and we're currently working on a new platform. Um, that'll allow us to bring training, um, not just awareness training, but actually security, administration, and engineering training um, to women and other folks that need it.
0: Oh, that's really exciting. This is news to me. So this is Mm -hmm. like, I love that. So let's dive into a little bit about where are people kind of in Within their business. And I'm not talking about necessarily like the organizational structure or things like that, but where are they? What moment are they in when they come to seek your services? Mm
1: -hmm. Normally um, they're in one of a couple of different places. So the first one is that, you know, they've heard about something bad happened in the news or from a friend. Um, or they're just worried that something bad might happen. And so they might come to us in advance. That's actually the best time to come. Um, they'll come to us in advance to help, um, to get us to help them um, understand where their pain points are, where their problems are, and then develop a system to improve it. Um, as I said, preventative, as we all know, is always better than uh, than responding to problems after they've happened. But the other way that uh, people come to us, businesses come to us, is because they've had some sort of a of an incident Um, maybe they've lost data they've had a ransomware attack they've got phishing attacks they're seeing an uptick in phishing attacks so um, it it could be a variety of different things Um, this is an example we had a nonprofit that came to us where they're they were completely knocked offline from their website and email for like two weeks oh no and they could not figure out the, the the company they were working with couldn't figure out how to solve it didn't know what was wrong, and this was in the middle of their busiest fundraising season. Oh no so to be I mean, can you imagine like being in the middle of a launch or something like that, and your entire business is knocked offline? it was as if they didn't even exist so oh. that's the sort of unfortunately that's the sort of situations that businesses sometimes come to us with, um, but it's yeah. much um more, uh, easy and less stressful to come, you know, before something like that happens.
0: Yeah, for sure. I remember way back in the day, um, back when I was a corporate and I was like, I was very green. So I was just kind of watching this happen and unfold from the periphery, but someone in customer service opened a, an email and (laughs) next thing I know, the CEO of the company I just hear him screaming in the phone because all of our systems, our entire database, and then we were, we had products, our entire database was hacked and being held ransom. And he's yelling at this third party person who's demanding Bitcoin, which he definitely didn't know what Bitcoin was. Um, And there was this discussion of, do we pay it? Like, do we not? Like, what do we do? Eventually it got resolved. I don't actually know what happened, if they paid the Bitcoin or not, but. It eventually got resolved. But from that, they completely changed their security protocols. Um, and I think that they thought, you know, because we, we were in a, um, you know, tiny place, you know, not kind of like an a offshoot industry. It wasn't something that like, like really big, like nobody's really searching for us. Right. Um, yeah. But I think they thought maybe nobody would care that much. But when it really impacted them, it really impacted them.
1: I think the problem is that um, with that, and thank you so much for sharing that story. It's a hundred percent of like what happens is people think that because they don't see small businesses in the news, that it only happens, because you only hear about it when it's Target or it's IKEA or it's TransUnion or whoever, right? You don't hear about it when it's the smaller businesses. And it's because it's not newsworthy, yeah. right? The news organizations don't care if a small business gets hit. So what happens is small businesses don't think they're a target because they only see in the news these big companies. So they think that because they're small, they're not a target. What they don't realize is that from an attacker's point of view, everything is automated and scripted it's really easy for them to send out campaigns and they'll just blast emails, like databases of emails. It's not as if they're targeting a company. It's just, it's a mass, like casting a huge net. To oh, see. wow. Right? So attackers are just sending out a big net of attacks as opposed to like, tar- they might be targeting a, a business, but in those cases, it's probably a larger business. But in the case of like the small business, it's often that attackers are just, spraying yuck as far as they can, right? Or they're yeah. scripting stuff to go after websites that have vulnerabilities or, you know, databases of email addresses to just see who will open and who will click. And then they'll just profit from it financially from there.
0: Wow. See, I didn't see I didn't know that. Like I just thought they were like, mm, we're on the internet and oh, we see this hole here. We're just gonna go for it. They're just kind of spraying and whoever falls into the trap is <laughs> The unlucky person.
1: Wow, it's all. It's all I mean, almost. Uh, mo- I would say most attacks are through that method, where it's just everything is automated. Hackers don't have to sit and think about it, like in the movies, you know, where they're like, "Oh, let's go after, let's go after Mia's business," or like, "No, no, no, it's just, it's not the way it works." There's even websites that are out there now that will tell hackers which um, other websites have vulnerabilities, and you oh, can buy awesome. databases of like lists of websites that have like all these vulnerabilities. So, you know how people will say, um, they patch their, you know, their WordPress or their website or whatever, like once a month or whatever, I'll try to tell people like, no, 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 don't do that. Because there's constantly systems that are scanning the internet, looking for the websites that have vulnerabilities and then they're consolidating all of that information so that if an attacker wants to go after a particular vulnerability, they can, they, know, they can find out exactly where the websites are across the internet that are vulnerable to that attack and just go right after them. They don't care who it is.
0: Wow. Okay. You're blowing my mind a little bit. I know we're going to dive into more some specific areas that, that mission-focused businesses especially um, yeah. need to be aware of. And this is just, this is gold right here because Literally, you are blowing my mind.
1: Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I am sorry.
0: I, no, I mean, it's it's good because I need to be thinking about these things, but also I'm just kind of like I have a little bit of angina right now. Cause like if you can see my sh- I don't know if you can see my shoulder. Jen and I on our <laughs> video was kind of like raising up to my ear <laughs> a little bit. Like, a little so, tense. Oh so. yeah, but um uh, but more on that in a second. But I want to make yeah. sure that people also know, um, you know, because I've worked with you in the past and I know that mission is really central to what you're doing. Over at Geek Girl Tech, you mentioned working with nonprofits. I know that that's a that's the type of organization that you work with um, yeah. a lot. But can you tell us your origin story? How did you get started? And when did the mission focus piece really come into your company positioning?
1: Oh, that's, such a, that's such a good story. And I'll try to keep it condensed. A bit. The, sh- the short-ish version is that um, I was kind of a naughty teenager. It was very rebellious. Um, I got pregnant when I was 16, had just turned 17 when I had my daughter. Going off to college was just simply not a possibility from that point. Um, I went to a trade school and then kind of found my way into tech because the company um, that I ended up working for came to my school looking to hire women. They were very intentional we want to hire women technicians. So I got a phone call from this company at the time saying like, Hey, we're looking like, I didn't even apply for a job. Like they came to me looking, um, anyway, fast forward, I stayed with that company seven or eight years. I got hired by them. I worked my way up in it. And then, um, moving forward, like 20 years after leaving corporate America, um, I had spent like the last 10 years working and specializing in information security. And I started working with friends that had small businesses and helping them. Um, in 2012, I went to a business boot camp for women, um, in San Francisco. It was actually for low-income women. And, um, it was there that they kind of help you think through like your business plan and what's like, what do you want your business to be? And what's it all about? And. That's when I really started thinking about is this just like an IT security? Is it just IT? Like, and how are we gonna, how are we different than anybody else? And what I really kind of honed in on is the fact that I one came from a very non-traditional background. And I was very fortunate that even with that, I was still given opportunities to do well and to have a career and to move into tech. And it's because of that intentionality. Yeah. Right. And so all throughout my career, I, I was very used to being, you know, one of the only women in tech or in security. It's, you know, it's, it's very male dominated um, industry. Right. As you know, and, um, and then, and then from there, it's even less, uh, diverse even within women. Right. So it's like, it's one thing to hire a woman, but to hire a woman of color, it's like even more unusual. Right. Yeah. So, um, so when I was thinking back in that business, uh, camp, thinking through like what I wanted the company to be, I knew that I wanted to now have an opportunity to give back to those that may not have that opportunity. Right. And yeah. so it was, it was really about how to bring opportunities to those women that might not otherwise have them and be really intentional about it. So our mission today is to help advance the careers of women, and particularly women of color in cyber and in tech. Oh, I
0: love it so much. I love it so much. And it's really resonating with me, I think, now more than it did, or not even did, but would have eight months ago, because I've transitioned into this space where I'm a, non-tech founder, tech founder in my business. Um, just with the changes that we've made with the copy house subscription model and the platform that we built to be able to serve the uh, subscription model and the customization and coding and, and IP that went into that. Yeah. And it's a very, um, as I'm having conversations with developers and UX/UI designers and security people mm-hmm. about this thing that I have the idea for, but now is actually a thing out live in the world and people are using it. I'm realizing, hmm, there's not a lot of people who look like me, and uh, also me being a creative, that's also another layer to it because I don't speak yeah. <laughs> tech. You know right. what I mean? I don't. I don't speak yeah. coding or CSS or things like that. I'm just like, this is what I wanted to do. How can we make magical things happen to do that? So with you saying that, you know, you're looking to give opportunities and really kind of change the face of what it means to be in tech, right? Like that's just, that just feels so super important to me. Um, In fact, it is really important. So
1: thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, Yeah, you know, um, several years ago, um, I heard someone giving a talk, um, about there being many different paths to a solution Yeah, and, um, there isn't necessarily one right or wrong way. Right. And there's a lot of people that are working in this space of trying to change big tech, right. And trying to get people trained and working into corporate America for me, I, I like, it's still a passion. Like I do think big tech and corporate America needs to change, but, From my perspective, my path is more about like trying to build the thing that I want to see. Yeah. Right. And trying to be an example as opposed to trying to change an old broken system, right? Mm -hmm. Like build something new. And so that's what we're, that's what we're doing.
0: That's dope. (laughs) To to just be real succinct with it. That's actually really, really cool. And important, I think, to note that instead of trying to... Enter in and change the systems that are really, really, really entrenched. And there's so much, um, even if there's outward support for finding women in tech, in word, in action, is not necessarily congruent. Uh, mm-hmm. At least that was my experience. My experience even before I started my company, I was in fintech, which is like triply layered in white male <laughs> cisgendered populations. Um, so, yeah. 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 I I like that. That's your approach to it. It feels like a very healthy approach, actually. Like less, like, I don't know, less anxiety attacks and and stress headaches, maybe. I don't know. I think, I think everybody has their
1: path, right? So there's there, I don't think there's a right or wrong, but for me, I'm more in favor of, of working on things that I like in places where I feel like I can make a difference and not Mm -hmm. be like fighting this uphill battle that may or may not work. Right. At least yeah. this, I feel like, is in my control. So if it fails, it's, it's, on, it's all my fault, right? <laughs> it's on me. So I feel that. I, I appreciate that. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So when we were talking about bringing you on the podcast, you mentioned this term, democratized cybersecurity. And I was like, that sounds really intriguing. What does that mean to you?
1: <laughs> so to me, it means making cybersecurity more accessible and more affordable. Yeah. Right, And so one of my, one of my big frustrations in small business is that security is really expensive. The tools that it takes to secure your business, the resources, the staff, you know, to hire an engineer, like security engineers are like, like some of the highest paid people, you know, in tech, right. And yeah. maybe even in just in life, right. Like up there, right. Yeah. So it's really really expensive and it was really frustrating to me that you know large corporations have what felt like endless budget right like they might be fighting about how that budget is spent but they had plenty of money to spend small businesses are struggling small businesses are bootstrapping they're not VC funded necessarily you know they're 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 trying to we're all just trying to grow right and so finding the money to Um, put into a security program is always a challenge. So for me, democratizing security is thinking through how to create um, services um, and offerings that can scale with the size of the business um, and try to meet them where they are financially. So just as an example, one way that we do this today is that a um, a lot of companies have a minimum that they'll work with. Uh, We even have this problem for us. When we go to look at tools, we go to look at security tools, the big tech companies that own these security products don't want to talk to us because we're so small, right? A lot of times you have to buy a hundred seats of some tool just to walk in the door. I mean, not to new names, but like Okta, like some of these other companies you might've heard on for like single sign-on, they won't sell less than X amount. Like it's just not good business for them, I guess. So they don't want to even bother, even though small businesses still need the same security tools. They don't have access. Yeah, and if they, And if they want to buy in, they have to be able to pay a much higher premium on those seats because they're not getting the big volume discounts and things like that, that large corporations get. So, um, yeah, does that help to answer your question?
0: No, it does. And it makes so much sense because, I mean, I know when, like, even now at the stage in my business that I'm in, right, I'm, I'm just now looking at, oh, I should probably, like, shore up our security this is not a this is not a, a point here for any hackers out there that are listening <laughs> like we got some stuff together okay um, but you know that we should really add that extra layer of security to what we're what we are doing and um, make sure that we have everything on the up and up again prevention uh, but a year ago two years ago it would have been completely out of the question because I was just trying to keep the lights on you know exactly. like let's get the clients let's pay the bills and to inter into interject a um a solution that would be at that point even hundreds of dollars a month much less multiple hundreds or thousands like that would just be completely out of the question and so um I I totally feel that and also that's kind of what we're doing with the copyhouse subscription. I mean we went from being a high touch and also pretty expensive, like top tier, expensive, high ticket copywriting agency to switching to a model that allows people, small businesses, online businesses to have access to copy that starts at just $699 a month, which is maybe more than like an AI tool that's going to give you gobbledygook, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, and content or copy that's almost unusable and not human centered or conversion centered but it's significantly less than if you were to try to hire on a copywriter onto your team or find a a high, you know, a a strategist or a quality freelancer or any of the other options that you have. And so the reason why we did that was not necessarily because, you know, we just wanted to drop the price on things. It was because we wanted to make the copy more accessible, like genuinely, Mm -hmm. like we wanted to make conversion focused, successful copy available to businesses at different stages. And also to still have them feel like they can get quality, the quality content and the strategy, right? From people who have been trained in our methodology that we've developed over the past couple of years and be able to rest easy with that and like, and like have them, that be part of the team. So I am picking up what you are putting down. Yes. I love that. So that's cool. Well, I just wanted to, to define demigra- democratizing cybersecurity. I really, really appreciate that definition because it is so incredibly important to, to protect you. your business.
1: So Absolutely. And I don't know yeah. if you've heard this stat. There's a stat that 60, oh, is it 63, 65? Some really high number. Sixty Let's say 63, to be safe. Uh, 63% of businesses go out of business within a year after a major event. Mm. So whether it's an attack or a loss or something bad, you know, like something happens, like any sort of like major event, 60, 63%, I think of businesses go out of business within one year after a major event. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's a, it's a real risk and it's almost like we all have to try to, you know, from my perspective, like how can we all help each other to ensure not just our, you know, our our survival, but, you know, our success, right? Right. And um, anyway, so I love that you have that service. That's really cool. Yeah. I'm so excited well, to hear about it.
0: Yeah. Well, and also like small business is the backbone of America. Like, let's That's not forget right. that even to service, to have the big businesses, right? The targets and like all those other big businesses that we think keep the world running. They are, they are run by small business, <laughs> right? That's right. So we have to protect and support. The small businesses in this country. So I, I can't. Exactly. I can only talk about America because I doubt no, that, that,
1: that's where, yeah. that's where I'm yeah. at. But it's a you know, huge, huge part of our um, of our economy is small business. Exactly. Uh, exactly.
0: Yeah, and we are more connected to our technology, to the internet, especially since remote work is not here to go. Like it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. We're going to be. Yeah. Right. We're not, we're going to be connecting with each other over the airwaves. Right. So we need to make sure that we're on the up and up. So yes, I'm here for this. Okay. So what are some areas of risk that online business owners nowadays um, need to be paying attention to? And I would love to be able to talk also about mission driven businesses. um, Because I feel like that's a, that's an important layer as well. So
1: it, it is, but not as much as you, I would say not as much as you would think. I mean, some of the problems are a little bit different. Let me, yeah. maybe, maybe I can just get into a little bit. So I would say some of the biggest risks um, to online businesses or to any business that has a computer and the internet, right? Um, you don't have to be an e-commerce site to be online, right? Um, if you're a business that's receiving emails from the outside world, which everyone is, then this means you, Um the biggest risk right now is phishing attacks. Number one, a number one thing that's happening right now are phishing attacks. User receives someone on your team receives an email. It looks just like um, a message that might come from zoom saying like, Hey, somebody's joined your zoom or from Google saying, Hey, your password, you know, someone's trying to log into your Google account. Um, It could be uh, an Amazon uh, shipping notice. Like there's so many different types of, phishing attack emails. They're really good. I actually clicked on one, um, the other day and and unfortunately it was our own system. We have a a service where we send phishing emails to businesses to see who we, who we can catch. And I actually clicked on one that was from, uh, it looked like it was from Robinhood, um, which is an investment app. And it was saying something like, Oh, my account has been breached. And unfortunately my social security number had been lost and you know, click here to like file a report or whatever it was. And I clicked it. Oh. Human beings, as long as we are human beings, we will be tricked, right? We can yeah. be fooled. And these messages no longer look like they're coming from like the Prince of Nigeria or, you know, or like whatever <laughs> they used to, like the old school ones from the nineties, right? Yes, It's no longer like that. Now they look really good. And there's also, um, we just put out a blog post the other day about um, email supply chain, supply chain attacks. This is, is basically where an attacker gets inside your email system. And then they'll just take over a conversation and they will inject email link. They'll email links into an email. The rest of the people that are in the conversation, like it just looks like it's part of the conversation and they'll click on the link. Oh, wow. This happened to Ikea, um, Uh, recently where they had this attack and attackers were basically in their email system. It was a big, big deal. So phishing attacks are definitely number one. Um, And then I would say second uh, biggest risk would just be making sure all of their external facing systems are shored up. Right. So that's thinking through your registrar, you know, your, your domain name registrar, your email, your website, your DNS, Um, firewalls, if you have them, just making sure those things are super tight. Um, Those are really the two biggest ones. You asked about mission-focused businesses. I think depending on the business, sometimes uh, mission-focused businesses or mission-driven businesses are a target. So for example, there's nonprofits that are working in areas that are controversial to some not to me but to some so for example like uh women's reproductive rights yeah um there's you know organizations that are out there fighting um against um bad governments yeah right and so there's nonprofits that are um all over the country and over the world that are trying to do good and they're and they're trying to fight you know uh, evil, right. Or they're trying to fight, um, something that's they're, they're fighting a fight. And unfortunately like who or whatever they're trying to fight will sometimes come after them and will sometimes, you know, try to attack them. Um, I don't know if you remember the John Podesta email thing with the Hillary campaign. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this is good. It goes back a while. Right. But, but, uh, that was a targeted attack on the Hillary campaign. Mm. Right, And it was to get to it was to get to emails so that they could then use that against them. So depending on what your organization is doing, you might have either competitors or opponents of what you believe in that will try to take you down. Um, and so sometimes that's a risk with mission driven businesses. It just depends on what you're fighting for.
0: Yeah. So they're not even necessarily looking for a ransom or you know, to be paid in Bitcoin. They just are taking you down to take you down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just depends on, it, it depends like in that situation, uh, you might be like, let's say you're a business and you're starting to do business in another country. Um, uh, you might be displacing workers in that country or other business. You might be putting other businesses out of business in another country, right? Or another city or state, like those businesses in that other country or place might try to hire attackers to attack you because they're simply don't want to be displaced. So it really depends on what you're doing and who you're upsetting (laughs) when you're doing it, right? The good that you're trying to do in the world might be upsetting somebody else. Yeah. Um,
0: But I think that that's also, that's also kind of poetic though, right? Like that's, that's when we have to speak, you know, even, even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's, you know, something that's unpalatable to some people, if it's, if the mission needs to be fulfilled, right. If we, if you are dedicated to that mission, then you owe it to yourself to see it through, even if it's uncomfortable, but protect Absolutely. yourself <laughs> to the best Absolutely. of your ability. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so let's see here. What's next for you and your business? You headed to this platform. Tell me about that or whatever else is new and next. Because I feel like you got a lot happening.
1: So I mentioned that one of the services that we have is security awareness training. Um, we do that for um, our larger service clients as well as just a, as a standalone service. So we're building a new platform to be able to scale that service um, in a much bigger way. Um, to automate it and to allow it to be delivered online to as many businesses um, and potentially even individuals that want to sign up for it. Um, And then, so that's like security awareness. And then the next level that we're working on is um, more like security administration and engineering courses. So how do we take, um, you know, women or, um, other under, you know, like I hate the word underrepresented. I feel like that's played out a bit, but you know what I mean? Like, how do we take, how do we take folks who are looking for training in a particular area? Um, or maybe they want to get and help small businesses as well. Right. So the idea is that we'll teach them how to do what, do some of the more basic things that we do. Um, and we'll train people to do what we do so that they can then use those skills to either protect the business that they're working for, or maybe they can even go into business for themselves and protect other businesses. Right. Yeah. So, um, I had so- actually talked to my daughter a while back. We were talking uh, about, um, the potential reach of this. Right. And if you think about, um, there's, there's Countries and neighborhoods, communities all over the world that are coming up online, and um, as as more and more neighborhoods have internet access, and as you know, more communities have um, computers and are becoming dependent on computers and the internet, then you also have security problems, right? So if we can start to train uh, women, uh, and my vision is like we can train women all over the world uh, to be able to help protect their local communities to serve their businesses, their families. Um, not only are we helping to secure those communities, but we're also securing the futures of those women who are taking the courses, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, ex- I got a chill down my back. That's so exciting. Aww. Oh, I love this. So where can people connect with you and find you on the internet?
1: Well, um, Well, our website is, an easy one. Um, it's geekgirltech.com. Um, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm, I'm available on LinkedIn. Um, and then we are on, we do have like a small presence on the socials. Um, I wouldn't say we're super active on them, uh, yeah. but anyone can connect with me personally on LinkedIn uh, or through our website at geekgirltech.com.
0: Awesome. All right. So, last question I love to ask this one. So, what is something that's keeping you pumped up and moving forward these days?
1: Oh, pumped up and moving forward. So I would say two things uh, keep me pumped. One is, unfortunately, I geek out on security. So every time I read about a breach, like it's kind of a, it's almost like a negative pump, but I get really excited in the sense that here's a new thing that we need to worry about. And it's something that we need to take care of to address for our clients. So I get, I get really excited about security and about how we can use tools to protect people. I love um, bringing those tools to to our clients that makes me super excited. Um, also, you know I have different communities that I'm in, um, and I I love that there are more and more communities online, especially of women entrepreneurs, of female entrepreneurs. Um, and I get super pumped like reading stories and meeting people such as yourself um, and who are doing like these amazing things. It's I, I find it like really inspiring. And empowering, yeah. and I love it for sure. Um,
0: my t- thing that's keeping me pumped up and moving forward right now is really simple. Um, it is scented candles <laughs> because oh. I, I got COVID not too long ago and I completely lost my sense of smell and taste, and it is coming back, it's pretty much back, and so I have just been enjoying scented candles <laughs> and oh. just like the nuance of the different scents and it's just a very simple pleasure but um I'm really grateful you know once you lose that sense and then it comes back it's just like oh, yes thank you oh, I'm appreciative goodness.
1: of this so yeah do you have that's any my do you have any favorite um any favorite scents from those candles I have a couple I'm curious mm. what yours are So
0: I have one that is, okay, so it's a Christmas candle that I unfortunately did not get to smell during Christmas, but it is called mistletoe and it has cedar. um, Let's see here. I think like juniper. It smells so yummy. um, And that one's really, really cool. And then one of my friends owns a candle company called Scent and Fire, little shout out. um, And she has one that's called Aged Bookstore. And it is just, like, all the, like, library goodness, <laughs> the Ooh, cozy sweaters cool. wrapped into one. So, um, so, yeah, check out ScentInFire.com. They're all really, really great. She's a uh, Black-owned business owner here in Dallas. And so she has some very interesting but just absolutely, like, nuanced scents. Mm. So,
1: yeah. Oh, I can't that. wait. I'm going to check, check that out. Yes.
0: Well Jen, thank you so much for being on the 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 show. I thought that this conversation was just so valuable, you know, even in the the short time that we've been together here chatting and you know, we, there's often talk about protecting your business from like an IP standpoint or, you know, contracts or the payment processor that you use. And yes, those things are also super important, but what's missing from that conversation, I feel, is what are we doing about our cybersecurity how are we protecting our businesses from attacks and being preventative versus reactive when something bad does go wrong because as you mentioned that statistic of 60 something percent of businesses go out without it, within a year of an attack like that's real and they're going to be happening more you know as in this super interconnected world that we're in so Keep yeah. doing what you're doing. You're doing really, really important work. Oh, thank you. And thank you for spending some time with me.
1: Oh, thank you so much, me. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to the Money, Marketing, and Mission show. If you liked this show, please do me a favor and head on over to iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a five-star review. It really helps our show get found and into the ears of the right listeners, and it would mean the world to me to know that you got value from the discussion here. So, uh, and if you want to get in touch with us, we're at The Copy House, remember that's H-A-U-S, on all the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, and and LinkedIn. And you can learn more about The Copy House and how we do copy differently by visiting www.thecopyhouse.com. And remember that's house, H-A-U-S. Catch you later.